0: All three Beards Media podcasts originate from the Gravitate Co-Working Studio, sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company.
1: what's up everybody how are you guys tonight this is fall starts i'm your host chris shipley co-host bill blank billy what's up man
2: not too much dude um just uh having a i'm doing some branding something i've never done before was worry about my brand uh it still seems like a weird word to even say out loud yeah, I saw you posted something but, on
1: your Facebook that you're doing some different uh, headshots now and you're going to try to... Yeah, you know,
2: I told it, myself... I I remember being out on the road when I was in my early 20s and I'd open for, you know, comics that had been around for a really long time and they would show up and they were obviously 20 years older than their headshot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or, you know, whatever promo they were using, you know, head, right. headshot. Headshot, that mm-hmm. traditional headshot isn't necessarily as important anymore as it used to be, but just photo shoots, whatever. Anyway, sure. um, so many people just, they, my headshots, like the headshot that I send out for promo is like 15 years old, so. I, I need to have something more up to date.
1: Yeah, I chose not to use that one in the opening. I was going to steal it, but I chose not to use it. Oh, really? Just to... it didn't feel like it was a true representation of who we were. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: So but, these, um, well, and I'm redoing my website. Like my website was always just kind of a template. You know, I just never spent a lot of money on any of that right? stuff because I, um, I don't know. I've just always felt like if I just was as funny as I could possibly be, which I'm not, I could be better. I don't work as hard as I should necessarily, but anyway, you know, I just thought that would be enough. Yeah. And none of this stuff would matter. Well, I've got these projects coming up, which I'm not going to discuss publicly yet, but right. I want everything to be in place when, when that stuff gets done so that, you know, I'm ready to hit the wrong running, I guess, if it well, turns into that'll
1: me. be exciting when it happens, then be We shall see. Happens, so
2: we shall see. But yeah, things are uh things are, are looking better in the comedy world, starting to work more, you know. It's uh it's just uh, you know, getting getting some more like better paying gigs here and there yeah. starting to come along. You know, it's just been kind of a slow process when you're not a famous guy and you didn't and I didn't, you know, hit it hard, hard. I was going through a bunch of shit, so right, um, you know, it's starting to come along better now. So I'm excited. Well,
1: 2024 is going to be a pretty good year for both of us. I, I start a new job next week, so uh, that is going to, I think, propel my career uh, in a lot better area. It's back in an industry that I'm familiar with, so I'm super excited to get started with that. So,
2: uh, are you, um? Are you? What? What is it? What? What's the industry? It's what property
1: management. So I had worked for uh, I worked for a company called BH Management here in town. Right. Uh, I remember that. Is, That's they that like the, the first
2: thing you got fired yeah. from, right?
1: No, I quit that job. No, oh, I, I actually, yeah, I quit that job just because they had made some changes and uh, and I'd been there eight years. I knew the job in and out, and I, I wanted to try something different. And then that just didn't work out. The le- the last couple jobs and this opportunity showed up that I can uh it, it'll be a one man department, but I'll be able to make the po- department and make it grow. It'll be mine and I'll be able to uh eventually, you know, build something and and I'm kind of excited about it. Start from the ground yeah. up. So yeah. So good for right. you. Good that's for right. you. Yeah. So all right, let's bring it uh, work
2: the last two weeks or what?
1: No, I've been off since Friday. Although Friday I spent the entire day at the hospital with my mom. So oh, that's a whole well, that story. Fun. So that yeah, I didn't have any fun with that. So
2: right on uh
1: let's uh let's introduce our guest. go ahead and do uh your introductions bill and we'll bring him in yeah
2: this is actually it's interesting we were kind of talking about careers and everything for because uh that's kind of what um why i wanted to bring our next guest on you know i when i had to when i was going through the covid stuff and uh, you know the divorce every i like i was suffering kind of an identity crisis you know and yep you know, I may never, you know, there was a time where I didn't know if I'd ever even do stand up again. I was kinda mad at it, you know. <laughs> and, and so sure. Um, you know, and so our guest is someone who has, you know, and, and lost the job, got it back, um, and now has voluntarily done something different, and um, you know, is someone we identified all the time in the in the Absolutely. race. Absolutely here in des moines so uh everybody please welcome andrew downs our good what's pal. Up, guys how is it going
3: Heck yeah andrew? it's going well man thanks thank you guys for having me i'm i'm excited to do this again
2: yeah yeah it's, it's great good. to have you back how on. often are you how often are you getting a microphone in front of you these days
3: not that often um not as often as i used to not every day that's for sure oh, right. I, I still do um podcasts for HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, and then I do um, some kind of freelance podcast uh, production work, um, but outside of that, it's it's not very often. So it's it's kind of nice to put the old pants back on.
2: <laughs> What's <the> day,
3: <laughs> what is the day job? We're, Are we're, you wearing
1: pants? That's that's the question. Are you wearing pants?
3: I am. Yes, I have to wear <laughs> pants every day now, unlike when I was in, in the radio. Um, yeah, no, I just started uh, the start of the year with a company in Johnston called AKC Marketing. And I'm doing uh, a few things for them, but mostly uh, like merchandise sales. And so, you know, helping organizations and businesses and stand-up comedians with, uh, you know, merchandise of a variety of, of things. So... Get Hit me up if you made. want to work with me. Yeah. You know, I'm, many, I'm uh, just kind of getting my feet wet in the, you know, it's like anything. The industry is a lot deeper than yeah. you would expect up from yeah. the outside. And, you know, I'm a month into a career that hopefully lasts a long time. And so there's I'm still asking dumb questions. That's kind of the stage I'm at right now.
2: It's not just T-shirts. It's coffee mugs, too. It gets deep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it, it does. Stress yeah. balls. Stress balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like if you're a trucking company, you got little right. stress semis that you can <laughs> squeeze. Uh, you, I mean, you run the gamut of the stress balls. I mean, you right. I mean, there's uh you can get chocolate laptops made. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust me, I, I, I'm I'm into this. I know exactly what I you're bet. Doing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I really
3: have...
0: not... when Hit we were down. at VH, we oh, would order yeah
2: we would
1: order promotional gifts and promotional stuff like that all the time for properties and things like that and giveaways. And so, no. yeah, I, I totally know you can get anything.
3: I can't tell you how nah. many koozies, I
1: can't tell you how many koozies
3: we ordered. It's wild. Like I said, you know, at first you think like, Oh, it's apparel. And and then when you st- like, again, like anything, I start to see the world now differently. I'm looking at, you know, at the hats everybody's wearing and the clothes and like the logo gear and, Oh, okay. Like this is something like, what do I actually use of this kind of, you know, stuff I've gotten over the years? What are the shirts that I still wear, even though it's got some other company's name on the front? Mm-hmm. Like, um. so yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been fun. Uh, You know, after 15 years doing the same thing, it's uh really strange in a lot of ways, but, but it's been good so far to kind of try something
2: completely different. That's kind of, you know, How long did you agonize over that change? Like, because especially when, you know, you guys went through the whole thing where everybody got canned basically. And I know that basically only lasted a day or two before you knew (laughs) that you were going to get your job back. But like, you know, you, you, you wanted, you, you got the job back. It was yay. Everything's great. So especially after you go through that, and then to walk away later, like, mm-hmm. did you agonize because of h- how, you know, hard you guys worked to get that back? And yeah, so a there, role
3: for sure. I mean there there are there are two. Th- I absolutely agonized over the decision. I mean for for years. Right, it's something I've been thinking about. Um, but yeah, it was you know and. Like, you know, we can talk more about the story and whatever, and and there's no hard feelings or like, you know, I've gotten over what happened in, in 2020 when we got laid off. But that was the first time that I realized, oh, you're probably not going to work for KXNO for the rest of your career. Now, whether that's your mm-hmm. choice or their choice, right. uh, up until that point, I had never really considered that it would come to an end at some point. And then it did. Right. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, OK this is, this is what this is. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of put the idea in my head of, okay, this isn't going to last forever. So when it gets to a point that it's time to, to walk away, it's better for you to walk away than to, you know, be walked out that door again. And so, uh, yeah, that definitely like planted the seed. Um, a big part of that was how like quickly I came to terms with the end of my career at that point um you know i didn't like come up wanting to do this i didn't this wasn't a dream i had as a little kid and so the first time i got to do something cool i was like oh i've already i've already won and so i didn't have some like achievements i was looking for that if i didn't get i would like feel like i uh you know left something behind with my radio career yeah exactly failed or just you know left something on the table it's like Now I got in, I had a lot of fun. I did my dream job for a while. I met a bunch of cool people and had a bunch of cool experiences. And then I decided it was time to do something different. And so um, to be able to be content with the end of my, my radio career, or at least up until now, you know, never say never. um, That was, that was a huge thing. And again, I learned that in the, I mean, like you said, I was out of a job for like 30 hours, but in those 30 hours I had, I had completely a lot off. of had a lot yeah. of had
2: go through your head. Well, and <laughs> yeah,
3: I, 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 I did for what might come next. I you know saw this whole different life in front of me that I'd never even considered before, and so yeah, that made it a lot easier four years later to say eh, it's time to to go live that life. How and did you... you
2: go, go ahead, ahead, Chris?
1: No, I was just gonna say I think you, mm-hmm. I think you also realized in that time that as sad as it is, is that sometimes. You're not as important to the to to this company or whatever as you thought you were, right? So at that point, when it's time for you to decide to make a change, you have to turn it. You have to kind of realize it that same way. Like, listen, it's not personal. I got to do what's best for me. Uh, and I well, yeah, because they'll jump drop out. you
2: like a bag of fucking well, and potatoes. They did, and... they did exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah, but, but what,
3: what also made that hard is like the the people around me didn't drop me right, and the right. audience exactly. didn't drop us, yeah. and like. So it's the absolutely the hardest part of making the decision I made to to leave KXNO was about the people. I mean, if it Dude. wasn't for those people, I wouldn't have stayed as long as I did. The, the only thing that kept me there for the last couple of years when I could kind of see the writing on the wall um, was the people. And it was, I mean, that's it's the only thing I miss. I don't miss spouting opinions or like, like I'm not watching the Iowa State game tonight. It doesn't matter. Nobody, literally, nobody's going to ask me about it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not how it was. You for didn't care, years, you didn't you care I mean? about yeah. Iowa anyways. Before. But I had, but I felt like I had to at least be prepared in the You had to and, know guys' names, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to be able to, but anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but um, but yeah, no, the, the people were that that was everything. I mean, it was uh, and again, that's the that's the thing I miss. It's not being on the radio, it's not any of that stuff,
2: it's hanging out with those people every day. Um, well shit, now I forgot what I was going to say cuz I let Chris go. But you just, are you, you watching the Iowa State game, Chris?
1: I'm not because it's on the Longhorn network. Word knows. Exactly. It, right.
2: Are you serious? Word also
1: yeah, Word also said me with a hat and 80 no hat was plus 1900.
2: Yeah. I I'm, I'm <laughs> trying I'm trying the no hat thing on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz you're going to have you're going to have to like walk into rooms. I'm a, a businessman, like, right? Yeah, Like I have to
3: have to uphold my image oh
2: man there's a great uh i can't remember the song it's like an old punk group it's like uh working man i think is the name of it and he and he gets up goes to work on time and he oh man i gotta figure that out i'm sorry i'm on a tangent now um so is it
1: the working man blues by
2: merle haggard no definitely not it definitely would not be a country song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you I think I think you know my opinion on country music, Chris. A, a couple years ago I was listening to I was listening to some punk
3: record I know, that I used to I like know. when I was in like middle school and it made me so depressed that I had, like turned out exactly, you know, it's like I don't want to be you know, I'm not going to have a job like that and I'm not going to, you know, like I don't want your life and then I'm looking around and I'm like I live in Urbendale with my wife and two kids. I'm 9 to 5 like I'm so the opposite of what I thought I was going to be when I was 12.
2: There was I got to take some... the minivan to work. Right. There's a story about like a guy it's a band old band story. I think I might have saw it in a movie or something but it's like a band was walking. it was middle it was like christmas time and blizzard and they were like their bus had broke down or something and they're like walking with instruments and shit and you can see in this door in this picture window of this house this idyllic family having christmas dinner and stuff and they're all kind of looking it's they're freezing and everything and one guy is just like jesus how the fuck do they do that like do <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> it was great. It's all built up. Like, a, you know, they're going to be all jealous. Yes. Um. So co- changing worlds like that, like that, I was the identity crisis a part of that or when you kind of got fired that first time or whatever or laid off. Was that yeah. when you had the identity crisis?
3: And yeah, then exactly. On? That's that's exactly what it was. Yep. you and, and that's what, again, allowed me to kind of decide to make this move now. I mean, um, the amount of like, as you said, my identity, right. The, uh, before I started working in radio, I just had kind of normal jobs. I was just like, you know, a float, Mm -hmm. I was floating around and then I got that job. And then, you know, it's like everything kind of built from there. And all my friends were people from there and people knew who I was and, I met my wife through working in radio and like my parents loved listening to me. And my dad was like, so proud that, you know, all his buddies listened to the show and like my son who was four and a half at the time thought I had the coolest job in the world. Like he literally, he would come in and you know how cakes in a studio Uh was and is, and he literally thought all I did was, you know, shoot little hoops and kick a ball around and put the ball and just talk sports with my buddies. And, um, so yeah, it's like everything I was was built around that job. It was like that's that is who I am. And then I lost the job and I was worried and but again, it's wild how quickly it happened. Um that like evening, right? Like I got fired at 9:30 in the morning on a Tuesday. By 9:30 at night, I was fully secure that my friends still had my back and my parents were still proud of me and my kids still thought I was cool and it was like oh that's just a job like that's not Mm. and it's you know it's a it was a cool job and it you know got me a lot of things i never thought i would have but it was also it was just the job and it was like oh okay and then honestly like i started treating it differently like you said chris earlier with the loyalty thing and again nothing personal to anybody you know at iheart but like yeah, I had given them, I had, you know, been underpaid and overworked for a long time because I loved my job. I thought it was so Mm -hmm. cool. And as soon as like the, Oh, it's the coolest thing ever thing goes away a little bit. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) This math isn't working out the same way it was. And plus, you know, you have two kids and everything's more expensive and yeah. uh, You know, corporate media world gets tougher and tougher. And um, you know, 1500 people were laid off that day. And a lot of people have been Mm -hmm. laid off since then. And most people didn't get their jobs back, and that that does numbers on people in every market, right? And it just mm-hmm. uh, things got to the point where it was like, man, I love, I love parts of this. Um, I would do Murph and Andy show for free for the rest of my life if I could afford to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I even if nobody listened, I would hang out with those dudes for two hours every day for the rest of my life. Right? Uh, but there was a lot more to that job that you know, again became. And then, yeah, I get the anxiety and it's like, well, man, if this isn't even fun anymore, what the hell are yeah. you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing was that you didn't wake up anxious, that you didn't stay up at night, that you like, you know, you were happy to go into work. And yeah, again, you most feel like days, you're on
2: thin ice all the time. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And,
3: and again, a lot of parts of my job I absolutely loved. And I was truly happy to be there. And like most days were better than bad. But again, that you start doing that math and it's like, Man, I could get fired tomorrow. I know it can happen. It's Mm -hmm. happened once, and um, how much of myself am I really, really, really really willing to give? With you know,
2: well, the powers for what what I'm
3: getting back, and so sure, yeah,
2: the powers that be take advantage in entertainment. The powers that be take advantage of that. They take advantage of the fact that. You're happy to be there, and they know it. Like, just it's a huge yeah. part
3: of how they, you know, it's a huge part of the sales pitch. Absolutely. Hey, be on the radio. It's, I mean, yeah. it's part of my sales like, pitch, hiring yeah. producers and things.
2: Exactly, and it's like, you know, it it's a different level of convincing a server <laughs> that their tips are going to be good. You know, it's just a, it's how they yeah. keep they it's how they keep themselves making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, it's hard to look around at record profits for all these corporations and then see how they're not given raises and how things are still prices are still going up. And like, I, I, I saw a meat sale at Hy-Vee and it was like this advertising, like this huge meat sale and It's all just garbage ass fucking meat. It's all like, it was like this 10 for $10 brought at the, Brats are 10 for $10 every fucking week. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, that's not a sale. Does anybody ever right. look at that? And like, you know, the uh I think they had ground like 85-15 ground beef for like five bucks per chub. Like, <laughs> that's not a fucking sale. I can you might as well grocery shop at Quickstar for fuck's sake. Like, all right. for all of those things. It's like, well, when? Is, how come you're fucking Ribeye isn't on sale for 99 cents a pound Fucking (laughs) (laughs) But Shit like that's just flat out Corporate greed right there There's no reason At this point the inflation Is not It's purely speculative It's not necessary Right. It's just it's happening because it can And that's what people do to you They get away with what they can Mm-hmm. And that yeah, goes and on give both you more levels. to do, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's and, why and, man- yeah. management is a hard place to be in too. Like you were in charge of people, and yeah, people that you're in charge of are gonna get away with what they can get away with. Yes, they're gonna come, they're gonna fall short, and then it's your ass that's on the line. Yeah, when that happens, and you got to answer for it. And so and who not has only to that, deal but that shit. You you also have to deal with with those
1: corporate cuts and whatever else. And have to justify it to the people that are busting their ass every day.
3: Right. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah you're having like two two conversations and they're completely right. different. Because mm-hmm.
1: secretly you would like to go, no, I'm with you. This sucks. You know what I mean? This is total yeah. bullshit. But
3: and you filter out you, whatever you can. you can, but some of that stuff can't be right filtered.
2: Well, and I say, yeah, when, you have to like. Especially when the people above you want you to deliver messages that don't yeah. make sense. And you know they don't make yeah. sense and they give you this fucking sales pitch you're supposed to give that you know is an insult to everyone's intelligence. And now you're supposed to stand in front of them. It's like it's like okay, this is what's going on. Um I'll see you at high life after work and I'll tell you what I really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: Know. Yeah. And it's it's like this this person who lives in a city that you've never been to, who's been here once maybe has this opinion. And now we all have to adhere to that because of their job title and it's, yeah, it's stuff like that. And, you know, doing things that are good for the, you know, national, but not good for the market or like, don't make sense within a local market. And, um, that, I mean, that is why we got let go in 2020. It's the, a misunderstanding of what connects people to things like radio, especially talk radio. Um, it's that local thing my my analogy is like Iowa and Iowa State could be undefeated number 1 versus number 2 like somehow they play at the end of the season and they're both 11 and 0 and they they're all five of the top heisman guys are Hawkeyes and Cyclones and even in that scenario Dan Patrick is never going to talk enough Iowa and Iowa State to satisfy people in Des Moines He's right. never going to be talking about the right. third string quarterback or the, you know what I mean? It's just, right. you're never going. And that's what people want. People yes. want deep dives. They want people who know what they're talking about. How annoying is right. it when you hear a podcast and the person talking about your team knows less about your team than you do. It's like, yes, why am I even listening to this? Like yeah. insanely
2: um, annoying. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And so that
3: like that, it's, it's why three beers media is doing well. It's why other pod, I mean, it's this local, this hyper local thing. And corporate conglomerate corporate media has trouble seeing that for the most part and that's a shame yeah. because it makes things really hard at the local level and it you know it kills off stations that shouldn't be killed off. E- ESPN or, is a classic
1: example. They don't even halfway yeah. send people to a game anymore and I can't tell you how many times and and granted I was the bigger school. I understand that it's it's in the Big 10 but I can't tell you how many times I've watched an Iowa State game and they've referenced them as Iowa. And it's just it's just laziness is what it is. It's <laughs> yes. it's laziness, and 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 even Cheryl swoops the other day with her commentary about Caitlin Clark. I mean, she mm-hmm. was had absolutely no idea what she was talking about in regards to her career. So, and nobody checks it. Nobody no. checks that stuff. So, well,
2: there's a part of me like Cheryl swoops is sitting there on a couch on Gilbert Arenas' podcast and she's talking about she's like she's having like a casual conversation like as if microphones aren't there as if it's not recording. Right. Like she's she didn't go in there prepared to talk about Caitlin Clark at all. It wasn't the point of being there. You know what I mean? Like, Caitlin Clark got brought up in a casual... It's basically a casual conversation, right? So it gets brought up. And now she is just going off the cuff of what she thinks because of a narrative that's been set by people like Kim Mulkey and different shit like that. And she hasn't... She, of course, didn't dig into that before going on there. So she just said what she thought. And she was wrong. But everybody attacks her so hard that she just doubles down and just blocks people on Twitter. See, but that, that's, that's the problem
3: though. It's the doubling right. down. It's like, right. you're right. You're hundred percent right. And like, as somebody who's had a microphone in front of their face for like, what seemed like casual conversations. I mean, yeah. you, know, you and I have done radio together where it yeah. really just seems like we're kind of hanging out and it's like, Oh, hope I didn't yeah. say anything there. Um, but when you get called on it, you have to be like, Oh yeah, my bad.
2: Yeah, and that's right. I mean, that's a like you- strange <laughs> right. thing, like you know, because she doesn't, it's not like she has plausible deniability or anything, no. you no. know. Like, there's things, it's wild. There's things I've done that I'm ashamed of. That if that if I got to a, a point in my life where I was like famous enough that people gave a shit, and there were like, there wasn't anybody to really substantiate the claim. Then I'd be like, I might, I might be like, yeah, uh, never happened. Fuck off. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but if there was video evidence of it, that's the thing. Right. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, even though now maybe that's, maybe there's something to respect about it. Like, hear me out on this. Maybe there's something to respect about it. (laughs) Yeah. Because she, if she apologized, Maybe she knows, like, intellectually that she wouldn't mean the apology. Like, she would She she's, wouldn't. She actually is being a hater. She actually doesn't yeah. like Caitlin Clark. She's like,
3: you know what? I don't care
2: that I right. was wrong. The point yeah. was made. It's, I don't like, fucking
0: like is, is, yeah. If, uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, for
2: one reason
3: or another. I'm mad I, she's going to break this record. I'm going to justify that in my head, however I can. And yeah. I, I was
2: better than her. I think I was better than her. It's, she thinks she was a better basketball player than Caitlin Clark. And she's upset that she didn't get as famous. I mean, I, th- I'm not, I think that that could be part of it. Yeah. I don't know 100%. because man, egos are crazy. I think you're like right. Like, I
1: think she's a little bit jealous of the, of the attention she has in college. And yes. looks back and goes, the ability to make the Imagine money. if yeah. I would have played now and what I would mm-hmm. have.
3: And it's, so she unfair. won Natties. She right, and she's team. right. Could too. you like, imagine I mean, what yeah. it'd
1: be like she, if I played now?
3: She yeah. was that famous even then. Like, if she was yeah. able to be on, if if Nike was able to sign her or Gatorade was able to sign her, they absolutely would have. Um, so yeah, it's like she's not wrong when it comes to that, but it does suck to like because there are some women in in sports and in I would say most, obviously, and like most former basketball greats and like current broadcasters and things, you see the way they. React to Caitlin Clark and the way they like bring Her in as one of them you see when Sue Bird sees her it's Mm -hmm. like a recognition Thing right it's not it's not like She's oh hey it's it's hey you're One of us Um, And so that's like one of the coolest things I think has been of watching this whole Caitlin Clark extravaganza is like The way these broadcasters and former players uh, Embrace her And approach her and like even the NBA players Right like they see her as one of Mm -hmm. uh, There's there's a, a Likeness there um, and so it really sucks when like Don Staley and Cheryl swoops and I mean, screw Kim Mulkey. I don't care about her, but like yeah. the former, like the great players right. who'd like legitimately paved the way for people like Caitlin Clark uh to, for them to like hate on her for any reason, just really, it just, it sucks. It's a bad thing.
2: I think that there are maybe some uh like racial undertones to it where it's like, um, they feel like if you, if you look, and maybe racial's the wrong word, maybe more of like a a hip-hop versus country almost type thing, like where maybe they feel like Caitlin Clark, because I, I've watched her plenty at this point, and I love how if somebody's in her kitchen, she's throwing a forearm at them. Like, she's... All that Mm -hmm. stuff that that guys do and they get Mm -hmm. everybody says like, you know, that's aggressive. He's everybody loves it. Right. You know, and now maybe they feel like because she's a white girl, she gets away with that behavior, whereas someone like Angel Reese, if she throws a forearm at somebody on the court, they're coming at her a lot harder than. Caitlin Clark because she's this all American white girl and they want to present her in this image and they don't think it's fair that other girls don't get that same um, treatment I, and they th- I, and they may feel that, that's, that race is the reason for that
1: I think you might be spot on because last year when Caitlin Clark did the whole thing in front of her face it was cool everybody thought it was cool Angel Reese did it and she was a thug and taunting
2: Right. Well, but it was different. Angel Reese was literally following her around the court doing this right in her face. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Caitlin Clark was looking at her strength coach as she came out for a timeout and just went like that. Like no, Angel yeah, I, I had think to, it, Angel yeah. literally followed her, did it like seven <laughs> times. Like I was watching, like, okay. She it was like yeah. she had to make sure she saw her. She wanted to make right. sure she looked at her. You know, that's that was a little more excessive and totally kicking somebody while they were down. Like the game I do think over, though like you
3: know. it, it would it would be naive to act like there was not some <laughs> racial element to to all of this as there is with most things or a lot of things like this mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. I, I agree completely and I mean how valid that is it's not really my place to say uh but you know if it, it, clearly it's a thing um
2: I feel like so, I would, I just feel like I look at it from like an economic point of view like if this were if I were in high school right now and Caitlin Clark was in high school and she was at Dowling and I'm at North and my team won the state championship, but Caitlin Clark's getting all the attention. Uh, My team is mostly minorities. Caitlin Clark's team is all white. My team is all poor kids. Caitlin Clark's team is all rich kids. I feel like I would be saying the same exact shit. That's maybe. And that's why I think that's there. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm trying not to just throw Cheryl swoops under the bus. Like, right. I'm trying to have some understanding of why she's saying, like, she's not the only one there's, There's been several other people talk and they don't. It's just like everything else. They don't talk about these things in the. They don't say the words they really want to say. They know better than that. But there's undertones. And I see the undertones on both ends. I mean, yeah. Just like you said, Chris, when, you know, when Angel Reese acted like Angel Reese in any given situation, it was disgusting. It was. I'm glad that my kids have somebody else better to look up to. Right. You know, and, and you could see the undertones in those statements. It was like, you could almost hear them saying the N word in the, in the comment. Right. Even though they didn't type it. Right. Like you could hear it in their brain rattling around as they were typing. and,
1: And, and to Caitlin's credit the whole time, she was like, I didn't have any problem with it. I mean, why shouldn't we be able to talk trash and, and and do the same stuff that men do, she had zero right. issue with
3: it. I uh, well, so. exactly, and that and that she, she handles, handles herself so well in these situations. She yeah. She's yeah. been in so she many does. of these things, and she seems to always say the
2: right thing. It's wild. Yep. Well, yep. I think she's probably been well schooled on it. I f- I think that you know, um, but it's weird, you know, any of that stuff. There's there are there tends to be less people involved than people think. You know, like. I think that there's people probably think that Caitlin Clark's got a whole team around her, and she may have some. There may be a publicist involved somewhere, I don't know, but she's always just got on the mic and said the right thing most right. of the time. I mean, regardless, Off the but cuff. yeah, so I can't exactly. imagine that she's coached to exactly yeah. what she has to say. Well, like I, mean? I was when I was uh, uh, at the funny bone with Willie during Christmas week her shooting coach was in the audience and w- Willie goes, Willie's a Dowling guy. So, you know, everybody kind of knows. And as the audience is leaving and we're out there kind of in the receiving line or whatever, shaking hands and kissing babies. And the guy, Willie's like, Hey, this is Caitlin Clark shooting coach, this guy, you know, and I just look at him like, Oh, you're Jesus Christ, you're riding that fucking way. <laughs> you got the easiest job in the fucking world. Talk about stealing money. Jesus Christ, it's like Tiger Park shooting coach, really? Yeah, like tiger's Tiger swing, coach. Tiger Talk swing off. coach. Get the fuck out of here! How dare you tell Tiger Woods how to swing a golf club like that? Hey tiger, that Tiger, shit you, kills me, dude. Your
1: back, your backswing is a little off. Let me show you how to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: hold on. Let me this? move we my seven majors something. out of
2: the way here's the thing. We got to call that something different. Cause you're not, they're not, Yeah, they should be like a, like a number one observer <laughs> or something like that. Right. Cause they, cause what they really do is <laughs> just watch video. Right. And they go, Oh, oh look, yeah, do that again. You missed this yeah. shot. Cause your big toe pointed left instead of right. <laughs> Every time your big toe points, right. You make it. So, Work on pointing that big toe right every shot. Because hundred percent. I mean, that's not coach. That's not. That's not teaching to me. Coaching is teaching. That's that's like analytics. You
1: just yeah you just found the flaw in 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 the data is all you did. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, all right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, Andrew, I kind of want to touch on uh, some of the stuff we talked about before uh, about how you identify sometimes too much with your job so let's uh let's get a a break here from revelton and from gravitate co-working and then we'll be right back with andrew downs
0: why take the best corn in the world and make it into fuel when you could make it into whiskey that's the question that launched revelton iowa's most visible and fastest growing distillery Owners Rob and Christy Taylor embrace the grain-to-glass philosophy, sourcing ingredients locally and overseeing on-premises production and bottling at their facility in Osceola. One sip and you'll agree that Revelton's handcrafted whiskeys, gins, and vodkas are the best you've ever tasted. And with the launch of their rye whiskey, made with 100% Iowa-grown rye and corn, and their new bourbon coming soon, there's more Revelton to love than ever. Iowa's own Revelton Distillery, reveltondistillery.com. The great thing about working from home is working from home. The worst thing is working from home, especially for face-to-face collaborations with customers and coworkers. And let's face it, coffee shop meetings are neither private nor professional. So skip the trip to Starbs and investigate Gravitate coworking space. For more than 10 years, Gravitate has provided large and small office and conference spaces Perfect for hosting meetings, workshops, or other events, as well as private phone booths for confidential conversations. Plus, all spaces include secure fiber internet, free coffee, and access to a kitchenette. All you need is your laptop. Gravitate does the rest. And renting space at Gravitate is surprisingly affordable. An hour of office space costs about the same as venti caramel macchiatos and breakfast sandwiches for two. Daily and monthly rates are also available with no long-term commitment. Learn more at gravitatecoworking.com. That's gravitatecoworking.com.
1: All right, and we're back. Thank you so much to Revelton and to Gravitate Coworking uh and their sponsorship and support of us.
2: Is that Wait a minute, was it is Gravitate the company you were working for? No, it is not. Oh. no. no. I was say that would have been fucking weird. Yeah, that would have been awkward. So, like, like when the like when the presidential candidates drop out of the race after the caucus, but they paid for the ads through the month, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, or they were talking shit about him, and then
2: two days later, they're standing. They, on they seat endorse him, but the ads are still running. telling <laughs> them how much they love him. Right. Yeah, Tim Scott. I, I'm going to go ahead and endorse <laughs> Donald Trump. I'm dropping out. Uh, Donald Trump's going to kill all of us. <laughs> Right, exactly. By Ron DeSantis, or whatever.
1: So, Andrew, we were talking before, uh, bantering a little bit about about job and, and and basically identifying as your job. And I mentioned a little bit, and I, I I've mentioned it on this podcast before that when I got let go in January of last year, that really put me into a tailspin as far as just my overall confidence, and to the point where. There were times this year that I was pretty low and just I would sit at my desk and just cry because I just felt like I didn't I didn't know where I belonged and I didn't know what I was doing. And it really shattered my confidence. And it, it's a sad thing when I look around and see the family that I have and, and and the friends that I have.
3: But I'm so focused on what my job defined me as. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's, that's really tough. And like, it's totally, I think, relatable to most people, right? I mean, you, you spend a lot of time doing that, right? Like, I mean, that that's where you spend most of your time. That's, uh, you know, because I've, I've had the same feelings and the same thoughts. And again, like, I like we talked about, I was lucky that my initial unemployment, you know, back in 2020 lasted 30 hours, because I was able to kind of come to some realizations and figure some things out, but then I didn't have, I didn't have to wake up. You didn't you know, just 10 doing days it later. Like still exactly. Yeah. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to like figure it out from there It kind of got figured out for me. And so, uh, and then, you know, this, this past time, you know, those, those couple of months I did have days where you wake up and you're like, man, what am I, what kind of worth do I have? Like, what am I doing? What am I, especially, and I've, I found this in my new job too, which is interesting Um, A thing that I kind of (coughs) didn't recognize in radio uh, that I now kind of miss is this daily sense of accomplishment where you start the day and you don't have a radio show put together at all. You may have some ideas and, you know, some things, something happened last night. So you kind of know where you're going to go. But then throughout, you know, a handful of hours, you and in this case, you know, Murph and Andy and I would put put a show together. And then from one to three, we would do this show. And when that show got over, like no matter what emails I forgot to respond to that day or what, what no matter what work I left for tomorrow, I did a thing. I started a thing. I finished it. I was proud of it. And tomorrow I'll come back and I'll do the same thing. And so then when that just <clears> went away and all of a sudden you have days where like you're like, what did I actually accomplish today? Like what got done? What did I, what did I start? What did I finish? Was it nothing? Uh, if that's nothing man, like, what is that? And again, so I had wired my brain to this kind of daily hit of dopamine of doing that show. And I'm finding like, oh, that's, it's kind of a struggle to find those little wins, find little things in my day now where it's like, okay, I, maybe this thing isn't done and maybe it's not perfect and you know, whatever. But I, I did this thing. I I have this kind of, uh, you know, daily goal, this task. And so, um, again, like just all of this stuff that we can say that we're fully fulfilled by our friends and our family. And, and hopefully we mostly are, but like you said, you can look around and be like, man, I have everything I could have ever wanted. That's like real and still feel like I'm worthless on some level because whatever the case may be with, you know, if you're unemployed or whatever that is. And so um that's really tough, man. And it's completely, I think, relatable to anybody who's, been out of a job for any length of time, or even probably been in a job that they hate that it's, that's a dead end job that they don't feel like is going anywhere. Um, and that they're not proud of. And so, uh, it, it is wild how much of ourselves. And then some of it is just reality, right? Like you need to make money and you know, the, the less money you make, the harder things are and you know, more money, more problems, but that's when you get to a certain level and none of us are at that level yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so, uh, so there's some tangible stuff to it too where it's like okay the, you you do kind of have to stare it in the face every, every day to some extent. Um and that stuff. So uh yeah, I think it's cool that you guys talk about this stuff on this podcast too because that's it's stuff that people I think a lot of people deal with and a lot of people think about and most people don't ever voice.
2: Yeah, thank you. But you know, I think that's I think that's where like imposter syndrome comes into play. You know, like I have always, you know, said personally that I have I have the worst imposter syndrome. Like when a lot of times when I'm on stage, like I get off, I get done with a show, and I'm getting paid, and I I feel like I got over. Like I feel like I cheated. I feel like I, especially if I didn't take any chances that night, like. If I, just ha- if I just put on autopilot and I just crushed like a full house and I don't even try anything like new or like I just greatest hits just fucking boom, boom, boom. Like I feel like I cheated. I feel like I didn't do anything at all. <coughs> um, but like also just kind of um, daily life. Like my therapist has always told me that I have to have bigger. Like it's you know, a big problem in my marriage was, I think the fact that my wife and kids weren't enough that, you know, as far as, I mean, of course I loved everybody and of course I did, you know, but, um, you know, I didn't necessarily make, I, I I still made a lot of selfish decisions because of what I did. I tried to have my feet in both worlds as much as I could, you know, and I, I wanted to have that normal home life, but, you know, in order to provide enough, I would have to be gone more. And so I'm trying to balance that, you know, the difference between money and absence and, you know, it all just becomes um, a big stress balloon. And, uh, you know, now I'm doing stand up more on my own terms, which now I don't feel that pressure to work and get invited back to the club. I just do what I want now. I do the gigs that I want. I take the chances. I mean I opened up my I opened up one of my sets this past weekend. I just said, um, do you ever want I was like do you ever wonder if you're the reason somebody killed themselves? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> See? I thought it was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. How's the like, crowd react? Not like you guys. <laughs> But (laughs) sorry, but see, that's what I'm saying though. But there were people Mm -hmm. that reacted like you guys, and those are those are my I did that for those guys, right? Like, because the thing is, those are the people. Like, if you want to have if you want to develop a fan base and you want people to like follow, like, those are your fans. Like, I the set went great, I had a great set that. And I had to win. I had to win him over after that. That wasn't the ideal. I should have never started my set with that. I did that on purpose. I knew I shouldn't. I did it on purpose, just to give myself something to fucking recover from. Be- like be- because like
1: Bill it- has always said, "I'm just gonna do what's fun from now on." Exactly. And I'm not making fun of that. Like I love that attitude of you. Like you, if it's uh, if it's fun, I'm gonna do it. So this seems fun let's see what happens (laughs) exactly
2: like that's where i'm at in life andrew and this is what this is where i this is the other end of my identity crisis this is where i came to um because you know my my wife left me two weeks into the lockdown i couldn't work stand-up was done nothing and for the foreseeable future I had no fan base. Like it wasn't like I could do shows on fucking zoom and make any money. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I, I'm driving Grubhub, working, do, delivering pizzas for Fong's. My ex-wife's telling me guy, my age shouldn't be delivering pizzas, you know, all this fucking shit, you know? And so I had to get a day job and I, I because the next thing was, Okay, this divorce, I got to keep this house because if I don't, at the end of this divorce, I'm going to have I'm going to have nothing. And I'm going to have to go live in a shitty apartment somewhere and not be able to park my car in a garage and all that stuff that I care about now that I'm old. Uh, So, you know, that's what I made sure of. And and I did. I succeeded in all those things that I wanted to do during that time. And during that time i kept doing stand-up here but i i actually was forcing myself sometimes because i knew i knew it wasn't gonna last forever like i knew that the feelings weren't gonna last forever and i was gonna i didn't want to have nowhere to go if once i was feeling good about it again but during that time at the other end of that i just decided like you know what um i my son's about is 21 years old I'm done paying child support. My responsibilities to anyone but myself are done. So I'm 45 years old the rest of my life. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I I don't give a shit. it. It bothers. Like, I don't care if it's selfish. Like, I don't give a shit. If it's fucking Christmas morning at my parents' house, if it doesn't seem fun, fuck it. I'm not going. I'm just not doing it anymore. Because here's the thing. If it's not going to be fun, it's their fault. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have fun. Either way. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be around them then. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I'm just not, I, I just don't fucking care anymore. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I just don't see the point. I mean, I'm obviously going to do things for money, but like, outside like, of that you know there's- it is wild though to, to hear you say that
3: like um like just doing a good set isn't enough like you would think from the outside from somebody who's never done stand-up yeah. but has watched it my entire life and thought about it and now listened to podcasts about it like you would think that oh going up and nailing like having a set full of greatest hits that could just kill on autopilot seems to be like hey isn't that right isn't that the goal but it's no you're like beyond that where it's Okay, I need to start in a hole and can I dig myself out? I have half an hour to win these people over who I just pissed off. Like that's the fun part for you. That's the game. And if it ends up that you can't win them back, that's more fun at least than just you know crushing on stuff that you didn't have to try very hard. Yeah, everybody wants
1: to party with Bill Drew. (laughs) Everybody wants to party (laughs) at some point. You should too. It's fun. You should, it's fun.
2: (laughs) The thing is, like <laughs> I, all of those greatest hits at some point were a risk.
0: Right. They just aren't anymore.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, like there's the dopamine from taking the risk, um, but not necessarily like trying anything new in front of an audience for the first time is always a risk, no matter what. So that part of it's fine. It's it's when you think of something and um like so i guess what i'm saying is the it's not like the the greatest hits didn't come about without risk right but if and it is it is a goal for somebody starting out that to be able to have that autopilot to go to or whatever and that is a that's a that's a tool in my tool belt but you know it's kind of like if you're a construction worker, like you're a contractor and somebody hires you to do the most basic job and you do the job and it's great, but you didn't, you, you could have made it look so much cooler, but they didn't want yeah. you to, you know? Right.
1: Well, and I think there's something about wanting to have a challenge and some fulfillment. I, that was the reason why I, I took the job that I, that I took now. I, I yeah. sat in that interview and I, and I told him, I said, I want to go to a job and feel like, for me, I didn't say it to him, but for me, if I'm leaving my home and leaving my family and whatever else, then I need to make it worth it. It's not necessarily about the money. It's about whether or not I go into work every day and feel like I've accomplished something to your point, Andrew, or I've, or I've challenged myself. Mm
3: -hmm. I
1: could, I have stayed at this job that I was at and just made the money that I was making and it'd be super easy every day. Yeah. But at that point, I, it's kind of like you, Bill. I'm just on this. I'm I, okay. I'm gonna pull out the greatest hits, and yeah. what fun is that? That's not any fun.
2: Well, in your peers, boring. your peers don't respect that, right? That, and that's the other growing. part of this. And, and you know, I know it's not the best thing to say when it comes to mental health and this and that to worry about what other people think and blah 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 blah, but everybody wants to be respected in their business by their peers, right? And to say you don't is just a lie um and other comics other comics know like some of the best stories you'll hear is like somebody coming off stage and and like you want to do impress like i remember i was opening for greg giraldo i had a week opening for greg giraldo and i was so pumped about it like oh my god i wanted greg giraldo to like me so badly and I had great sets. I was crushing the whole week. But at the end of the week, I get off stage and I see him making fun of one of my bits in the green room. Like as I'm walking into the green room and then he sees me and turns, Oh, Hey, acted like, you know, right. And that was just like soul crushing. Right. But it was like, Oh shit. I got to be better to earn the respect of a guy like Greg Giraldo crushing isn't good enough like i gotta be better than that yeah and like better than that mean
3: (laughs) right and like what you were saying chris like i it got to the point with my job in radio where for the most part i could kind of go in put like if i woke up not feeling great on a given day i could like go in kind of put my head down you know like kind of avoid people get my job done go home and like just kind of go into autopilot and it got right. to the point where i was like i was doing that too often exactly and, yeah. yeah and that would you know one of the things i would say in interviews and things in the you know the couple months where i was looking for a job was because i i legitimately left with no idea what i was that's doing the here. other thing that's people crazy. we got to address that too that yeah, people don't us. believe <laughs> it when it's true but so one of the things i would say is i'm just like when i started in radio I poured everything into it, right? Like I worked, I w- I was there all the time. Like I just I wanted to learn as much as I could, and do as much as I could, and that's why I got good at, at it, and that's why I they put me with Murph and Andy, and that's why like all of the things that happened happened. Um, I want to find the next thing to like pour my passion into. I want to get excited about yeah. something. I want to like, and you know, again, like in this first you know five weeks of doing my job, it's really cool to have this whole like new industry, this whole. Uh, world of stuff and, you know, people and everything where it's like, I have no idea what's going on here, but like, I I want more. I want to learn more about it. I want to figure it out. I, like I want to be good at it. So what's that mean? Like I'm not already good at it. I was already good at the old thing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, to, to like have that just, I mean, to challenge yourself, right? Like you're, you're talking about Bill, you're able to do that on a nightly basis, which is like such a cool thing about <clears throat> being a stand-up I'm sure. But yeah, it's like you, you want to find something to like really pour
2: pour yourself into and and get passionate about. Um, There's also just, there's something to be said for just developing more skills, like just more skills. Absolutely. Like I I had this thought of
3: where I I did radio for 15 years and like, I think I got pretty good at it. mm -hmm. I think I had cool experiences. Like I feel like I had a full career and if I never go back to that, if the podcast goes away and I never do anything like that again, I feel like, man, I, I like, Didn't master it, but, like, I I got as close as I'm happy with. And I'm I'm 40, so it's, like, I could do that again and have another 15-year career in a completely different industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm 55, and, like, theoretically, I could do that again. Like, you know, health- you know, I don't recommend yeah. that.
1: God willing, mid-50s, right, but, I don't recommend mid fifties starting over. It's right, but theoretically, I, you get what I'm saying. Where it's, it's like, yes, you by the time that,
3: yeah. you, know, you, I'm, I'm gonna live once, and so by the time I'm done, by the time I'm, you know, hopefully 80 and like done working and like, uh I can look back and say, hey, I didn't just do. And I mean, good for people who are able to do one thing for 70 years, like. But, but, look at all but the, That's that's just not yeah. what it was for me, right.
2: Well, look at all the skills that you learn that that don't bring in a monetary gain, like cooking. Uh, you know, you like. I'm I'm pretty good in the kitchen. Chicks dig a guy that can fucking cook. You know, right? Like, there's that's not a monetary gain, but it you know it helps with the relationships. <laughs> like, and then you know just simple things. You know, um, you. I worked at a warehouse for a while. I can drive. I could go sit on a forklift and drive it right now without any issues whatsoever and be halfway decent at it. And there's something to be said to have all that shit in your tool. But what if someday I end up making so much fucking money that I have a warehouse full of shit and I need (laughs) forklifts. Right. And I can, I can jump on that motherfucker and drive it. And I don't got to call an employee of mine to come and, you know, get something that I was about to knock over or whatever. I mean, just, you name it. So, why not, why not learn more skills that also bring you monetary gain? Right. Yes. You know, and then, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's another thing about where I'm at in my life is I'm like multiple streams of income guy now. Like, I'm about to start a catering business with a friend. I'm doing the day job thing at least I don't know for at least another year probably Um, got another major I got a major stand-up project coming up I'm doing all this rebranding shit right now like you know I'm I've got a lot on my plate but it's all gonna hopefully bring different streams of income and then all of a sudden I have the freedom to make my own right. schedule yeah I don't have to be Cause my biggest thing is I hate the, idea. I hate the only thing that like this day job is not bad. I, I, I like it. It's fine. And I make good money, but I have to, I'm obligated to be there every day at seven o'clock right. or, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I don't, that's what I don't want to deal with. I want to go to bed yeah. when I want, wake up when I want and, and do everything at my own pace
1: makes sense drew kind of relates with that because he's he can retire now 21 years of military service just now trying to figure out what i want to be when i grow up
2: he's 38
1: <laughs> can put 21 more in somewhere else
2: 100%. yeah and see that's that's such a great spot Man. to be though like you can you can throw shit at the wall and see what sticks i mean you're you've right. got a retirement income basically already I mean, I got a, I got a buddy that basically worked like Blackwater shit, like overseas security stuff, uh, during the, the, to the Afghanistan war. He was in Iraq, he was in Afghanistan at no point he was in the Navy before, <clears throat> but at no point was he there with the military. He was working like secure, independent security agency shit and put away a shit ton of money. Um, and when you're doing that stuff, you don't spend any money. That's the thing. It all just right. comes back into your bank account. And he retired. <clears throat> it. Like I don't think he's worked since he was 35. And he just travels the world. He's like in Nepal right now, fucking diving. Crazy. Just it's yeah, it's insane. So there you go, Drew. Get a get a camper.
1: <laughs> get an RV. Let's uh don't get
2: too pissed off about anything we don't want any domestic terrorism
1: that's right let's let's pivot back to what we wanted what you wanted to ask andrew so you make the decision at some point you're like okay i gotta move on Mm -hmm. what why why not look for a job first and then have somewhere to go as opposed to what you did Cause I can, well, number one, I can't imagine the conversation with Judy went very well. When you first said, Hey, I'm going to quit this stable job. And I don't have anything
2: else. Well, up. number one, he didn't have to do that because it wasn't stable. He already discovered that it's not stable. <laughs> right, that's so true, you had right. that fucking Trump true. card at least. <laughs> that's But true. I got to think, I got to think, and you don't have to tell us this on the air or whatever. Something had to have happened either that day, the day before Something broke the camel's back to where you're like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Not really, no. Like
3: there, there, there wasn't like an inciting moment. There, and again, it's, it's you gave like notice, ways... right? You gave I did, yeah. notice. I, yeah, uh, two yeah. months almost. Yeah, two months. And I offered to stay another month because there was some other shakeups going on in management, and I, I just wanted to help the transition as much as I Got could. You. I, I love KXNO, and I love all those people, and I like, I wanted to succeed, and I wanted it to be in a good spot. I certainly didn't want uh to like leave them in a lurch or anything and so uh i did realize though like it's kind of like having kids where it's like if you wait for the perfect time it'll never come there was never going to be a good time during football season is a good isn't a good time but then it's hey march madness is right around the corner and then you know it's like hey i mean there's just always it's a it's a wheel right so there's always something so um yeah there were a few things so I won't say I never applied for another job while I was working at, <laughs> at I Heart, Right. Like, Fair. but I just okay. wasn't, I just wasn't like out there about it. Right. I, I didn't really right. tell anybody I would tell my wife and, and I'll say that the, the conversation with Judy was the easiest conversation I had because she saw it every day on me and she saw the difference right. between me as things got harder. And you know what I mean? Like she saw the yep. anxiety, she dealt with it more than anybody. And so when I told her, Hey, I think this is what I need to do. She said, I agree completely and I have your back and we'll figure it out and, you know, do what you need to do. Um, much the conversation with, yeah, right. What a (laughs) true. It's it's amazing. Uh, The conversation I had with everybody else was, what happens when you marry the right woman? That's (laughs) exactly. Um, and so pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, um, So yeah, it, it, it was something I'd been thinking about for a while. Mm -hmm. There were jobs I I would kind of, I, you know, I put myself on like lists where it would like send me, but it was all like national podcasting jobs. And there were some where like I, I legit put a resume together and like a, you know, like I thought like, man, if I could somehow get through the thousand resumes they have for this job, if they would take a look at me, I would kill this job. Like there was a job with the athletic doing podcasting stuff where I was like, I would crush this. Um, but those, those things are so hard. It's like, you never even get, d- does your right. stuff even get looked at? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd been kind of, you know, for a year or so, i had been kind of just throwing things like that. Every couple of months, I'd see one that was interesting. And I'd throw a resume out there and never hear anything back. And the kind of hope was right. That, okay, I'll land some big job with Spotify and mm-hmm. it'll make sense. Why I want to leave and nobody will ask any questions. And I'll say, Oh, you're yeah, just yeah, going to the yeah. next thing. And, you know i won't have to have these conversations i won't have to have this conversation with myself right and like right, face yeah. this and cuz i didn't want i don't i didn't want to leave i mean the la- even the last day um i didn't want to stop doing that job but again it, it, there was a point where it became like man is this almost selfish for me to do a job that takes this much of my time and energy and anxiety and everything it returns this little and it's just because i i kind of like it like i like the guys it's fun for right. me um, at some point I have bigger responsibilities than that. And so, um, so anyway, I, I hmm. over, it was like towards the end of the summer, it like really kind of crystallized for me. And I was like, okay, not only is this something that needs to happen, it's something that needs to happen soon. Uh, Cause you know, again, for like a year or so, I was like, well, you know, if something, you know, I'm going to hit yeah. one of these jobs at some point and I'll just move on and, and that'll be that. But then it was like, okay, I can't wait for that to happen. It's time to, to, to go. And I didn't know I was going to do it the day I did it. I have a, you know, I, I was in my boss's office all the time. And we had like a Monday morning, one-on-one first thing in the morning. And over that last weekend, it had really like, again, really solidified for me. And. I, I didn't go into his office expecting to resign and he started to talk about like the future and next summer and like really looking forward. And I had made up my mind that I wasn't going to be there next summer. And it just felt so inauthentic to have that conversation that I just said, I was sure. like, Hey man, I got to stop you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave. And then that's kind of when it was like, Hey, I don't have a timeline for this. I don't have anything else lined up. I don't, You know, I want to finish this the right way. I want to do it, you know, with my head held high. I want to make sure everybody's in a good spot when it happens. I want to make sure everybody knows that it's my decision and that you know, like, I'm not going to go on the air and mf for everybody. So you don't have to pull me off the air. I'm not going to steal a (laughs) computer, so you don't have to walk me to the door. Like, and thankfully this time they had enough trust in me to to believe me, right, and to to utilize my expertise and knowledge and and you know, try to set up whoever came in next. Uh, as well as possible. Because again, I listen to case and every day I did before I worked there. I will, mm. after I worked there, right? Like I want those shows to do well. Um, and I, I love those people. And so anyway, uh, there was a day and I don't, I don't remember if this was before, I think it must've been just before, or maybe just after I had like let, and like two people knew at this point, um, it was, I was during in and Andy and I was, you know, it was some segment where I wasn't really involved. And I was on indeed.com, like scrolling <laughs> jobs. And I I like stopped and like, it was one of those moments where you like take a step back. And I was like, I'm not paying attention to like the thing I should be paying attention right. to, the thing I care about because I'm doing this. And it just felt like, it just felt wrong, right? It was like, I, I don't like this at all. And so it was like, you know what? I'm certainly not gonna do it while I'm doing my other job. And then I kind of had the realization of if I just find the next job, it's going to feel like I'm just grabbing onto a boat because I'm I'm yeah. jumping off of this one, right? Like I'm just yeah. grabbing a life raft and I'm not going to really know what options are out there for me unless I can be just completely public about being hireable, right? Like the one of the things that happened when we got laid off was in those 30 hours, I didn't have a job. Yeah. People were offering me jobs and, you know, it was like, Hey, you ever want to sell cars or you ever want to do this? You ever want to do this? And again, it was so short that I didn't really have time to process any of that, but it was exciting. It was like, Hey, there, again, there's a whole other world out there and who knows what skills I have that I haven't even touched yet or developed. And who knows what, you know, things that will really like light me up and, you know, make me happy and be fun to me. Um, and well, so logically
2: too, logically too, it comes down to like, if you spend as much time on almost anything else as you do at radio, you'll make double the money. Right. hundred yeah. percent. Like,
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I had several kind of job, you know, interviews and conversations and like things that, that went further down the line than just an initial, like, Hey, you know, if you ever yeah. need anything, let me know. Yeah. I had, I had four or five, you know, kind of opportunities that I was feeling out or, you know, whatever, and none of them was less money (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was for sure it was like i was getting a raise no matter what happened yeah yeah Um, right but you know and it was like who knows what what could be out there who knows who would who would call me once i was done with radio or you know and and like i utilized that that platform to like put myself out there and hey if you if you have a job you're looking you know absolutely and so i use them to that extent as well and so oh but no i literally like i left work that friday Mm -hmm. and Woke up Monday and had just started applying for jobs, right? Started meeting with you know, a bunch of people, wanted to have conversations, a bunch of like, I just started, and that became my job was just to try to find a job. And again, that's when I had some of those dark days and some of those tough times. And like, uh, it's so hard when you're in that space where you're like, Trying to imagine your life in these various ways, like okay, if I get this job, it's going to be like this, but if I get this job, it's going to be like this, and which one is better? And which one would I rather do? And which one would I would I be better at? And at some point, you start to get to like, man, I kind of just need a job. Like, I I need something to do. I need some <laughs> yeah. money. Like, I maybe in all maybe of those scenarios,
2: more. in all of those scenarios you're playing in your head is your house in like various states of disarray. Like, absolutely, this job, like this job. Yeah. Like this job You picture yourself coming home and Judy's dressed like June Cleaver and she comes outside. Yeah. Oh, puts her heel up and gives you a kiss. Exactly. Well, this job, this job would be more fun, but then you come home and she's like, Peg Bundy, you fucking cigarette. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I
1: I feel like though a little bit when you quit a job like that and you don't have one. A to your to, to to Judy's credit, she she was supportive and whatever. And and my wife said the same thing when I wasn't happy. She's like, listen, if it means you take a job that's fifteen thousand dollars less, but you're not coming home and you're not sad all the time or whatever, right. I'll take it. You know. But it's I can't remember what movie it was, but he, this guy told a story about how uh, like Columbus sailed over and then he burned the ships to motivate them to figure out how to get back home and to make them more motivated to go back home. And it's kind of the same thing. OK, well, now I've got to
3: find something
1: instead of just playing around here for the last six or seven months, diddling around and not making a decision and whatever else.
3: Yeah, yeah I not to be if that that's... guy, but it was it was Cortez. I, I studied Latin right. American yes. history in Iowa, yes. so <laughs> I at Iowa. so
1: <laughs> I knew it was somebody.
2: Yeah, actually. Same guy. Andrew actually, Cortez, en- Andrew guy. actually yeah. enjoyed <laughs> Hamilton. A- Andrew <laughs> listens to the Hamilton soundtrack on. That's purpose.
1: an absolutely terrible movie. Don't <laughs> even get me started on that. <laughs>
2: I, I sat down I and watched
1: that and I had to text my daughter. I was like, do they sing through this whole fucking thing? Dude, that was another yeah. part. That was another problem. like, Yeah, I was like, this is absolutely terrible. I'm not watching
2: this. <laughs> There's another problem in my in my marriage was I fell asleep during intermission or like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of slept through the whole second half of it. It was so fucking bad. Drew wants to like, know if you ever go if ahead it's bro. not if, if musicals aren't funny, they're terrible to me. Like mm. it, it's got to be funny. Like and most Book of them are of funny. Yeah. Uh, right. Of Mormon is insanely Book of Mormon, fucking hilarious. I love and it. anything Mel Brooks did. But other than yes. that. Yeah. yeah. If it's not yeah. funny, it's really bad to me. um want
1: like to know if you ever considered his recommendations on the East Coast.
2: Yeah. So, like,
3: I mean, that is a thing that that we considered. And yeah. Um, you know, Judy and I have had this conversation several times in our relationship. We did it before we had kids. We did it before we got, you know, before we got married or really even engaged. It was like, okay, is this is this where we want to be, or do we want to like go out and do we want to move to LA? Do we want to like try something? Do we what? Do, you know, and we decided to stay. And then after we got married, before right right before we had Charlie, it was like, okay, is this where we want to be? Is this where we want to lay down roots? We're going to probably buy a house. Like, is this are we are we ready to commit to this or Do we have wild oats we want to sow? Do we want to try living in Chicago or, you know, whatever that is? Um, I have two brothers who live in Colorado. Judy has family in New Orleans and along the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. She has family in Phoenix. Um, There are places we could go there, you know, and still have family and still, like, have help. And um, I've always wanted to live in, like, California. And there are, you know... uh, So, we we considered things and I had, you know, again, those kind of job alerts where I'd get the emails and I did have one in Arlington, Virginia, because my wife works in politics and we could, we could find work in DC, right? She could. And if I got a good job, she could certainly do that. And so we had some places like that, right? Where like Colorado, if there was a legitimate opportunity to, to move to Colorado, we, we could, we would, we probably would have. um, But again, so ultimately we, we started to kind of lean towards staying here and then I got the job offer and it was like, okay, yeah, this let's, let's kind of redouble down here. And, um, you know, cause my kids are third grade and preschool. So it's like, we can move them now without much issue. They're, they're young enough. My son would, you know, he'd hate leaving his friends, but he'd get over it. I moved between third grade and fourth grade, not, uh, I stayed within Urbino, but I changed elementary schools, which I mean, might as well have moved to a That's different place. enough trauma. Damn it. <laughs> well, And then, and then we moved to Wisconsin mm. after my freshman year of high school. So like, I, I, I'm glad that that happened to me ultimately because it taught me a lot and it broadened my horizons and yeah. some of my favorite people are people I met there. And like, uh, it's cool. Now I live back in Urbidale and I'm like reconnecting with a lot of people I grew up with through youth sports and, you know, our kids go to school together. And like, that's really, really cool. Um, so I'm glad I ultimately had that experience. But it's hard to move to a different state when you're 15 years old and like just getting to the point where, mm-hmm. you, you know, you start to think, you know, what's cool. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but th- th- again, there's an excitement to that, too, it's just like everything. Yeah. I got to be the new kid. I got to reinvent myself completely. None of those people had any baggage with me at all. Um, but anyway, uh, so, you know, I don't really want to move our kids like at that level. So it was one of those things where we, again, kind of sat down and pro'ed and conned and we both have enough family here and and we kind of have roots in this community at this point, we feel ownership and, and this community and the schools and the, you know, sports teams and stuff like that. And, um, so we decided to just kind of double down here, here and that's not to say we'll be here forever and that's not to say we won't, but uh we certainly considered other things i mean we we felt like we owed it to ourselves to like really take this as a transitional period and like mm-hmm. okay if i'm going to completely change my career we could completely change everything and we could feasibly do it and um and we also Sounds like you're a team stay,
2: but it Sounds like you're a team and that's the main thing like Absolutely you know, yeah um... i mean
3: as you said like i mean it's i i married the, the best person for me. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we just, we have our issues like everybody does, but um, we always have each other's backs. And like when it, we kind of know when, when there's, you know, when it's time to like fight and, and yeah, quabble, yeah. quibble and all that. When it's time and to then get over it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And shut up and just be there. And yeah. we've both been able to do that for each other. And I, I mean, Jesus, I wouldn't be anywhere where I am without her. And like, my favorite thing is people who only know me from like radio, like they, and then they meet Judy and it's like, Oh, like she's the, she's the one like she's, she's the smart one in the relationship. She's the one who's like going places. She's the one who's like,
0: you know, like she's far more impressive than I am. It's like,
3: Oh, okay. Now I I get it. Okay.
2: Speaking of which, so her being in politics, obviously is the plan to progress for her. Like if, you probably will have to move if she plans on doing more or if it's going to stay local, you know, I mean, and how does that go ahead?
3: I I don't think so. It's, and I, you know, I don't want to speak for her for, for sure. Oregon, never say never, but, um, she was on the school board. Mm -hmm. She got elected in 2017 and then again in 2019. And so, you know, she went from where it was, the least politicized office you could possibly hold, and, no you know, like, se- several hundred voters, right? Right. I mean, like the the first time she got elected, election day wasn't even on the same day as the rest of the elections, and so yeah. the whole thing was just making people aware that there was an election happening. And it went from that to she, like like eight to ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it went from that to like. The most political office you could hold, and like the most right. vitriolic meetings, and like legitimately getting death threats to our house, and and it's not you know it's not death threats, and it's not people who hate you from afar or on Twitter. It's your neighbors, it's your kids, friends, parents, right? It's right. it's what, like hyper Which was this? What was this office? This was when she was on school board. Still school board. Oh, yeah, so because I, the, the the school yeah. stuff during COVID became so toxic oh, I got and no matter so it no matter from being what
2: they got to a whole book bu- okay. yeah it went, it, went, mean, it, it went i mean it was I always said a, it went to a different office go ahead no
3: it was okay. always an extremely important role it still is like obviously yeah. right and and super undervalued yes uh and uh, i mean it's volunteer the amount of hours they have to put in it's it's asking a lot but when you feel like you're doing something important you're able to kind of make that sacrifice right mm-hmm. and when it felt yeah. like that, and I mean, it, and it felt like that through most of the pandemic, but then it just got to a silly point where no matter what they did, you got hate from one side or the yeah. other, and it was from mm-hmm. both sides. I mean, they would go one way, and they'd be hated from this side and go the other way, and they'd be hated from that side, and these are just regular people trying to do its best Yeah, in a time that... You know, nobody no, knew what the hell was nobody, going yeah, on.
2: Exactly. Nobody, and nobody was dealing knew with what and with people's kids.
3: And right, like I mean, we know how hot button of a topic education right. is and schools and all of that. And so it just it really like soured things on a lot of levels. It just it made it so it just really kind of slapped you in the face of like, oh mm-hmm. uh, um. So what is she doing if in it's politics? More of this, now? So right now she's, she's, uh, transitioning out of politics. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll see. that's. So, I wonder because, but I also think that's one of those, that's like an
2: industry that you stay in for a short amount of yeah. time, right? Like right. that, it yeah. burns you out. Well, like I've like, I've again, talking about the fun thing, like a big part of my mental health journey has, I've kind of, and I've, I guess there's a little I feel maybe slight some slight guilt because I've like invoked my white privilege in the last year because like I ain't voted for shit. I, I probably won't even vote in the presidential election like I've I've cared about it for so long and it's caused me so many arguments and stress and just so now I'm just going to make fun of everything. I probably won't even fucking vote and I don't care anymore because it's not fun. So I don't even want to deal with it. And I realize that I probably have a luxury by being able to say that or do that. But it's just politics being what it is. I hate the two-party system. I always have. It's very cut and dry to me. Like, it's so obvious uh, that neither one of them wants to come together to do anything. It's just a constant reality show that's an episode of Survivor about blocking the other team. Whatever you can do to block the other team constantly and it just it's disgusting like and <laughs> like i i just said um my new thing right now is i say that uh well because if you watch the commercials and stuff basically each side tries to convince you that we're all going to die if you vote for the other side right so somehow some way we're all going to die if that happens and it's like well here's the here's the joke i've been doing is democrats <laughs> Democrats think that Republicans are just a bunch of racist, homophobic, warmongers. And um, Republicans think Democrats are just a bunch of gay black women.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and, and and some of us are. Much, That's pretty much what it is. <laughs>
2: them, like honestly though it, It's It's I can't I It stresses me out too much like it's not good for my Mental health to pay attention yeah anymore But it, like, you're
3: but you're exactly right Like that's your and it's not just white privilege Right it's straight male privilege it's like Yeah it, it's it's and uh, You know all
2: three of us it's like our rights aren't The ones that are being legislated against Exactly right now. and, and like, I fucking hate that I don't That I'm like not it's like I'm taking time off. It's like eh, I'll care next year, or right? Something, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've just, um, I, I've just. No, you I'm completely understand
3: the it. the ex- exhaustion. That's exactly the word. It's yeah. It's in a bad place. All of it is, and it's. And hard I know to there's people out there going,
2: "Well, it must be nice to be able to just get exhausted and be done with it." You know? Yes. I know. I know. <laughs> but fuck. Be like, better, Bill. That's I'm I. Right. I just, I can't deal with, I don't want the sh- all the shit in my life anymore. Like, just, just call me before the, the election. I'll tell you who to vote for. That's right. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I just go in. And I wonder who that'll be. D, I just check the D. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wonder who that'll be. Right? Full Democratic <laughs> ticket. Click. Yeah.
2: That's pretty Period. easy. That's pretty easy go. to predict. But well, I you know, but it's honestly funny though, just, I do think I do think that people that are one hundred percent one way or the other are batshit crazy. I think that yeah, everything resides in the middle somewhere, and the problem yes, is yep. we can't get there. We can never get middle but ground because it, neither side will. Uh, it's just a bunch of cock blocking.
1: Neither side wants you to get there, Bill. If they don't well, have anything to argue about, uh, right. uh, Politics aside. Or, Party aside, there's a reason why the Republicans don't want to sign a, a border bill right now that they've been screaming and, and hollering for for the last six months, because then they don't have anything to scream and holler about for the next year. They don't want to solve the problem.
2: Hmm. That's
1: the that's it. They don't want to solve the problem.
2: They all seem to be able to vote in them. the middle. Yeah, they all seem to be able to vote the same on a raise across the board. Right? Yeah. yeah right. right. Know, yeah. Funny how all they can fucking, all the R's and the D's vote for the raises. Right. They they do that together. They're not yeah. working for us. That's, that's for sure. That's I, pretty. I, that's pretty partisan. For sure. Um.
1: All right. We gotta we gotta wrap it up. We yeah, gotta wrap a, it up. Andrew's got a real job. He's got to go to work in the morning. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I got to
3: get up in the morning.
1: I, on the other hand, don't. I'm going to Ames for a surplus show so i can go buy a macbook anyways uh andrew thanks a lot for coming on tell everybody yeah. where they can uh, where they can get a hold of you and where they can do some business with you
3: yeah for sure uh, you can email me andrew at akcmarketing.com you can just find me on social media you know hit me up however you can but um yeah i'm, I'm learning the world of merch and so uh if you want to learn with me or you know help me figure it out um it's it's been fun so far so it's uh it's been been really, really cool. And I appreciate you guys having me on, man. This is always fun. Get
2: me get me under five bucks a shirt. You got my business. All right. That's a,
3: <laughs> a challenge. That's, I like it. That's, a good I'm enjoying, that's right. I have, I have something to do tomorrow now. Yeah, there well, you go.
2: And you'll have a sense of accomplishment if you find a way to get me. Under there you five go. Bucks Absolutely.
1: There you go. That's right. Yeah. Uh, You know, as Drew says, voice of an angel, give this man a mic. There's a mic here at Three Beards Media, as small and tiny as we are for any time for you andrew i appreciate that
2: i really do guys so and chris is willing to step on anybody to grow this thing so don't you you goddamn right you want (laughs) to talk about challenge
1: i will i will
2: will i will cut somebody like godzilla walking through tokyo he doesn't give a shit
1: i don't give a shit that's right (laughs) that's right listen my my old man always said everybody's got their price it's not my fault mine's only seven dollars (laughs) (laughs) all right right, guys much love thank you check out hawk's eye view drew and andrew tomorrow night they uh they're going to review drew's uh coverage of the iowa maryland women's game uh, break down the uh, oc hire of tim lester i'm sure that'll be a cloud of dust three yards and a cloud of dust i can't wait to see that that rocket ship. Happened uh, no, in we're going to be
2: physical. We're going to be physical. We're going to be aggressive <laughs> in everything that we do. I don't think you fucking heard that right. Chris. RPL, I wasn't maybe. I, <laughs> I wasn't listening. So, oh, are you starting oh. to? Are we? Are we going to yes, stop I'm moving w- rent free in your head finally? Yes. Yes, I'm going to be like gonna you. Happen? I'm going to be you like you, and been not get you enough to realize that's, that's that right. you don't need to fucking right. give a shit about the other team.
1: That's right. And I would also like to point out that Iowa State beat texas for the last time that they're gonna play him so did they good horns down horns down motherfuckers all right we're (laughs) out of here everybody thanks guys have a good night